Your Tauntaun will freeze before you reach the first marker. Then I'll see you in hell. To the Beyond the First Marker podcast. Beyond the First Marker is a podcast that explores the greater Star Wars universe and how to represent themed characters, units, and battles on the Star Wars Legion tabletop. This will involve digging into the rules and sharing modeling options to make your favorite units a playable reality. We are an Australian-based podcast and will be regularly chatting with members of the Australian Legion community and the larger global community. Thank you for joining us. Welcome back to Beyond the First Marker podcast. As usual, you are joined by Drew Barker and Lobrad. How are you doing, Lobrad? I'm good, brother. How are you doing? I'm well. So, Drew, it's, uh, I don't know how school holidays have passed already and we're already back in the trenches of school, but um, where are you, how, how are you surviving? Uh, I'm not sure which is harder, being at home with the kids or being back at school with the kids. Yeah. Yeah. Um, both both had their challenges. I'm sure, but uh, at least with your kids, I'm sure it's a little more rewarding. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, yeah. yeah. It has its it, challenges, but <laughs> it does. both but, yes. and, 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 and most importantly, both eat into my hobby time. Yeah, yes. Uh, and likewise, um, my school holidays were glorious because I was hanging out with the dogs the whole time, and now, um, sadly, I my hobby time is also very sadly curtailed. Um, but speaking of hobby, uh, I, I see you've been up to some good stuff. Uh, tell us what you've been up to, man. Um, so mostly, I'd say mostly, it's tabletop related rather than the uh, rather than army stuff. Mm. So I picked up picked up a few things from Knights of Dice couple of weeks back mm-hmm. um mind games in melbourne has a, a few pieces of theirs there which i so I just sort of have rummaged there pick up mm-hmm. a couple of cheap packs uh just to give them a try i made some consoles which i think are going to make good objectives mm-hmm. um and uh i want to say a pack of widgets but it's essentially just um a sheet of greebling so you just press them out put them together and then just stick them onto um, buildings probably probably intended for their um, Tabularasa range, yeah. Yes. So like stick them on there just to add flavor. But I think mm-hmm. I will add them to other projects as I go. Yeah, they have those science fiction esque vents and um, sort of veins that go onto the sides of buildings. And yeah, those are to add details onto their Tabularasa range, which is their super basic um, blank kind of just yeah. buildings and. Exactly. With no kind of flavor to them here. It's just yeah, intentionally. So yeah, and it, the it, the price point's unbelievably cheap because of that, and that's the whole point. It's it's designed for clubs who are looking to buy table upon table upon table of terrain at a reasonable price. And to say it doesn't have any terrain, it's not like they're just square. Uh, sorry, cubes. 
um, or rectangular prisms. They actually have doors, windows, uh, and some of them have piping, depending on which. And they have some nice science fiction stuff that could be used for Legion um, or for, Inf I mean, I think it was originally intended for Infinity, but it, it works equally well. Um, but what I've been using those for is to add that the same details, because I also bought some of those um, little add-ons, and I added it to some of their Sandport Hydra stuff, which is, you know, very Tatooine, intentionally came yeah, out I right before their... Legion dropped, and it's very Tatooine. So that's good. the Star Wars range, yeah, like yeah. the Spaceport Hydra. Yeah, exactly. It's it's essentially Mos Eisley, um, yeah. and I have a bunch of those buildings, and I painted them up, and they're fantastic. Um, but also, um, I have a bunch of their uh, sort of old-timey, sort of 1940s, 50s, 60s-style buildings. Um, and there, to add those widgets onto those makes them cyberpunk. So I know that's not necessarily Legion, <laughs> per se, but man, those kits are so good. Maybe like um, Cantobite or something, if you wanted to... Um... If you wanted to recreate that scene. Yeah, right? <laughs> nice. Go for like a sort of an art deco with uh, widgets on it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And they get some space horses. And they have some cool um, – so they have a widgets pack that is neon, that's um, you know neon-colored acrylic that when you put it on, you can actually stick it onto the sides of buildings, and it looks like it's lit up neon. Um, and I think that would be cool too if you're going for like a Mos Eisley at night kind of situation. Um, so I, I've been eyeing up some of those thinking, mm, I kind of want to add those to my Sandport Hydra terrain um, just to give it something that looks a little bit different other than Desert City. But um, yeah. yeah, man, we'll see. We'll see. Too many good things, um, Ben. Their stuff's so good, right? Yeah. I was, I was just going to point out to people who um, who maybe have come to this show not via your the, your parent show, Cast Dice. Um, mm. uh, I'm going to spruit Brad's show for him. He's, so Brad did an episode with, um, was it both of the? It was. Both of, both I, of Knights of Dice. Mm -hmm. um, there's an episode of Cast Dice, and um, they'll talk much more length about their product lines and uh, mm -hmm. everything they do. Uh, so worth a listen if you're interested in building up your uh, Star Wars Legion terrain set. That's right. That's right. Uh, I've talked to both Viv and to Scott at different times, and I believe together over the years. Um, big fan of those guys. And of course, if you're in Australia, they are Australian. Um, and so for once, we don't have to pay a million dollar shipping. Woo. Yeah. Um, but I believe they also distribute internationally now. And man, if you haven't checked their stuff out, uh, definitely go to uh, Knights of Dice. That's Knights with a K. And check them out um, and check out their both their Tabula Rasa line for just some good, cheap, basic uh, terrain for your tabletop. If you're looking to bulk out like a, a, a dense Mos Eisley board, um, but also check out that Sandport Hydra stuff because it is so damn good. And I'm well, tempted to go buy a couple more pieces. I, see, I, what I'm tempted to do is, is buy some of that stuff, um, but not necessarily put onto a tattooing board. Because like, I, I figure, particularly like if you look at those buildings, they're, they look fairly utilitarian. You know, mm. like they're, they're kind of just almost prefab or they're just using a standard template and using the local material. So like, you know, mud and sand in the case of tattooing. But it's like use whatever's available to build these buildings and get a settlement going on the planet. Right, and on a figure, that technique would be used elsewhere within the galaxy, uh, and you could make you know, any kind of setting really, sure. because the 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 architecture looks 
sort of it's fairly striking. Yeah, exactly. And, and it would still scream Star Wars even if it wasn't a Tatooine board. Right. And I think um, just adding on to what you're saying, I think what I need to add to my tables is more of a. I think I need more scatter terrain. I have some some of the nice pre-painted Galeforce Nine uh, sort of boxes and uh, barricades, uh, and of course we have the barricades that come straight from the box mm. set. But uh, I think it would be cool to just to get some more varied pieces. I think I need some, like a Gronk droid next to a trash can of some variety. I don't know something. I you know add just a couple bits and pieces just to make it pop on the tabletop. I think some good scatter would go a long way. I think my problem is that I come from a Warhammer background where mm-hmm. you're used to pushing around big units of you know twenty plus dudes ranked up in a block, um, and so most of the terrain that I've ever built is quite big chunky terrain that just is going to affect a whole unit mm-hmm. so I, I for warhammer you wouldn't bother making like um a couple of crates in a stack because either it, it creates too much of a hindrance in that game and it's annoying mm-hmm. or it creates no hindrance in which case why did you bother yeah yeah that's I mean, a good point except for except for visual flavor which is which is you know that's always a good thing but um yeah, you tend not to make small stuff for Warhammer, so um, I'm kind of I sort of keep having to push myself myself towards making some smaller pieces mm. as, as scatter terrain. Um, yeah. But the other thing I've been making are some uh, little tree stands mm. uh, for my <laughs> for my hoth table, which is so that's like not really a hoth table anymore. No, it's more of a um, winter table, right? Yeah, I mean hoth was the obvious inspo. Hoth and uh, Star Killer Base were my two sort of main bits of inspiration there mm. um but so for these forests i've gone for sort of very tall dark pine trees um and i've tried to make a few of them um have some some sort of cliffy gully kind of bits into them so that nice. you can there's a bit of variation in height to the to the land there mm-hmm. um but i i was going to do the sort of the old warhammer trick of individual individual trees on a disc um and then on a kind of like blob shaped base mm-hmm. and that's kind of your forest you can move the trees around but um whilst that's really handy for moving big warhammer units around uh it doesn't necessarily make for a um a sort of a visually appealing forest or a very realistic forest good point um so i was sort of really torn between making like a fully fully modeled forest with a with a with an interesting floor and individual trees that are easy to move around and i decided on making um, sort of small individual tree stands, but not, not sorry, not individual trees, but sort of small patches of forest with maybe half a dozen trees on them, mm-hmm. um, and putting them onto sort of um, I can't think what shape it is. It's the, the bases are essentially two circles, um, edge to edge, with a kind of with the inverted circles on the sides, so that you kind of got like a almost figure eight shape. Um, okay, and so if you can put one down by itself, you kind of get a fairly organic-looking clump of trees. But the way they, they they don't quite tessellate, but they can fit together, and you can make larger clumps of trees with some small gaps, but it actually it all fits quite nicely together. Mm-hmm. Um, so so rather than having like a tree base with individual trees on it, I could just make a clump of bigger trees if I want a bigger forest. Right. And if I want to if I want to move a bigger vehicle through, I can move away one individual stand. But because the others are there, it'll just it'll just we'll, we'll, yeah you will know where it goes to put it back if you need to. Oh, that's cool. Uh, yeah. So, 
Let's see how this works. I haven't Plug used it in the game yet, obviously. Yeah. yeah. Nice. But then, then it made me think, like, maybe I should be basing all my terrain on this kind of this circular pattern. So it all kind of just sort of slots together. But I, I haven't done that. I built, I built one more piece today, which I'm still building uh, along with the trees. And that was a Revel um, Jedi Starfighter. Oh, cool. Um, so the one that the one that Anakin and Obi Wan are flying over the Battle of Coruscant in at the start of uh, at the start of Episode Three. Yeah. Um, so I got one of those. I got it really cheap on on eBay. Nice. And I've just and is that that's become a bit of a scatter trip. Is oh, that one fifty? Sorry, is that one forty eight? Yeah. Um, Ish. It's so it comes with an Obi Wan figure, and I, I can't remember the scale on the box, but the Obi Wan figure looks to be about. 20 25 mil so okay. it's he's a little small for a stormtrooper but um <laughs> but i think the vehicle is going to be like it'll work it's kind of scattered terrain so it's not a big piece right um what i liked about the ship is it's got the little um foils that pop up on the on the ends of its little wings mm-hmm. um and they're just the right size to sort of provide a little bit of cover for units to to sort of duck in and out of so i've kind of i've had the i've made it sort of crashed into the ground um, it's low enough that you can kind of just walk onto the top of it, but there's a few things that pop up to give cover for, for a unit oh, man. standing on it. That's awesome. So Should cool, man. Yeah. I, I can't wait to uh, see that on the tabletop and uh, play some games. And of course Me you'll too. have to post pictures on the, uh, beyond the first marker Facebook page so we can I all see them. Up there. Yep. I'll put some progress shots up. Very what have you been nice. up to? Oh man, uh, so I was on school holidays, as I mentioned, and um, I, I guess as one of my New Year's resolutions, I've been trying to play some of the games that I own um, that has maybe have gotten a little bit of unloved, you know, gone unloved over the years, and um, to finish a lot of half-finished projects. And so, unfortunately for me, I was hyper, for me anyway, productive as far as Legion went at the end of 2019. Uh, I got a ton of things painted um, in a very short period of time, but it meant that I didn't actually do a lot of Legion hobby in my uh, vacation because um, I really enjoy the scale of Legion. I think it's my favorite scale to paint. Uh, And so I painted just a ton of it, and it's perfect for me so I can paint a couple of models at a time um, and do that on a school night when I only have an hour or two. And so now that school's back and I, you know, have less time just to sit down and, you know, batch out a bunch of models, I think I'm going to go back to just cranking out some character models. And I just got a massive order from Skullforged, another one. So uh, I'm kind of buried in models at the moment. And so (laughs) (laughs) there's a lot of things I want to paint. I got some Jawas. I got some uh, sand people. Um, There you have to be a bunch of of clone trooper heads in that. In that order, did they? There it? is. I have uh, just the right number of purge trooper heads for you, my friend. Yummy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I also got some uh, some blurgs, uh, and one of them has a, a Mandalorian on it. Uh, I got Cara Dune, and so I got a ton of, of course, Baby Yoda. Um, I just got a, <laughs> a bunch of uh, Mandalorian esque models, and so I think what my plan is. Um, I kind of really want to do like a scum and villainy army. And I know a few people have, um, mm. but I think the way I want to do it is I think I really want to run them as rebels. Um, and I already have my squad of bounty hunters uh, that I can use. And I can use, for example, Sabine as the Mandalorian. Um, 
and I can run the bounty hunters as a unit. I can run the Jawas as like basic rebel troopers with an ion gun. Yeah. Um, I got, I have some 3d printed heads coming from Shapeways that are the generic pirate heads. Um, was it the black sun pirates? Oh, like um, Nick Toes? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and so I have, uh, some of those coming, so I'll need to get some basic rebel bodies to stick those on. Um, and then, yeah, so I think that's, that's sort of the concept. I haven't actually sat down to figure out how I'm going to represent it on paper. Uh, if you're listening to this, I'd love any suggestions. I'll put a post up through our Facebook page at some point. Um, once I have some, some more bits and pieces put together to actually put it together. Um, but yeah, that's, I think that is the, the plan at the moment. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty excited about that. And as far as other hobby went, um, I did, I, I, I'm sorry if I mentioned this before, I know it makes for really bad radio, but uh, the wonderfully talented Andy Singleton sent me a, uh, a very large order of models I sent him a while ago. Uh, he's from Volley Fire Painting Service, and he painted up a, a second Imperial Army for me. So I'm kind of drowning in Galactic Marines at the moment, and that is not a problem that I, I'm unhappy <laughs> about, by the way. Um, and they're all painted and gorgeous, and he painted some Death Troopers and Palpatine, Royal Guard, uh, Veers, Boba Fett, Bosk, just a ton of models that I'm super keen to put on the tabletop. Um, but the second I got them, I realized, because now f clones are out, um, I, I realized I can run Galactic Marines as clones, so um, I, I got some 3D-printed clone weaponry from Shapeways, and I bought another box of Snowtroopers. I think I definitely have talked about this with you, because I have a lot of Snowtroopers, and I've... Um, I I've, discussing lots of Snowtroopers with you. Yeah, so I cut them apart, the new ones, um, the unpainted ones, and um, added clone weaponry. Um, so I, I painted up six Special Weapons Troopers. Sorry, I converted up six Special Weapons Troopers, and I got the Galactic Marine Commander, whose name's escaping me right now. Oh, such a bad host. Um, and uh, I've shipped those off to Andy to paint. And uh, I asked him to paint just a couple more regular snow troopers with ion guns for me. So I have a little bit of uh, you know variety in there. I'm not sure yeah. how many times I'm going to want to run ion guns. But, you know, why not? Why not have a couple in case something changes? Because, you know, I, hashtag metas. Tanks. I kind of got hit by that. Um, here's how little attention I was paying to my um to the to the cards as I was building my army. But I tried an iron gun for the first time. I just the the iron gun on the um on a basic rebel troopers uh, a couple of weeks back at uh, the Frankston store. Yeah. And um, I didn't realize that they were um that they needed to be that, that they were exhausted. Yes. Mm hmm. <laughs> so all this time I've been using Z sixes and I tried the iron gun. I'm like. Ah, exhausted. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, back to Z6. <laughs> yeah, they, I mean, the iron gun did get a lot cheaper. And so I think that's, that got, that's going for it. But the, um, the snowtrooper ion gun is different from the rebel one. Um, and I, I like that better. Uh, so I, yeah, again, I, I have a couple of those coming. So I can't wait to play clones and Imperial snowtroopers. Uh, and that will be, I think the next couple of games I play, that will definitely be the case. And though I'm drowning in Imperial officers, um, I have so many painted and unpainted Imperial officers, at, like generic ones, named ones, you name it. It occurred to me, I still don't have a painted Vader. And so I, 
<laughs> it's like the one character I want to run most, and I don't have him painted. Uh, and I have the Skull Forge Damage Vader, and I have the regular Vader, I have multiples of, and I'm about to get Operative Vader. And so, yeah, uh, I I really need to paint a Vader. So I might actually go on a, a you know, how I've been painting Imperial Officers. I think my next binge might be Vader's, and we'll see how many ba- Vader's I can and, paint. And an Anakin as well? Uh, and I have, I have multiple Anakins too. So it's like <laughs> I'm drowning in models. Uh, yeah. So let's go. Cool. Well, my, my next models are going to be um, the Purge Troopers, which are the heads that you are sitting on right now. Yes. Um, so, yeah. Um, before we go on, Brad, and this is this is a bit of a um, a uh, something you're not aware of. Yeah. But it's, put me, putting it's gonna me be on your the birthday. Spot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be your birthday soon. It it is. Yeah. And yes, I'm getting old. Yes. <laughs> so, I broke into your house, and if you go into the uh, the desk drawer. On the right hand side. What? There'll be a little uh a bit a little like blue What is this? Package. Now podcasting is a is a complicated profession. How did you get into my house? <laughs> I'm guessing uh, my I... wife was involved. How yeah. did you <laughs> that or you bribe my dog? Um I can't actually open this and hold on, I can. Uh and hold a microphone at the same time. Hold on. Uh, uh... little little blue package. Yeah, the size of your I, phone. it's heavy. Uh, this makes for bad radio, but here it is, and I hope it's not breakable. But this isn't on the desk. No, it's it's not gonna break. You're gonna okay. have to describe it to uh, the people at home. Uh, it it feels so. It's a plastic bag with um, inside is a blue container. Uh, so it's like a a a blue. Uh, it's just it's just wrapping baby dude. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say it's like a, but I'm trying to break it open while holding a microphone at the same time. D- did I mention that I can't chew gum and walk at the same time? Um, but it's heavy. It, it feels almost like a chocolate bar in size, and it's got it's flat on one side and sort of ridged on the other. And I'm it doesn't bend like a chocolate bar. I'm mm-hmm. opening it. Oh, get out. It's going to sponsor many foundlings. Yes, I... Oh. An ingot of uh, Mandalorian metal. What is the name of this? Beskar. Yes, that's right. Beskar. Amazing. Thank you so much. That's all right. Um, An old friend of mine, Alan, runs a company called Type 40. um, And he was custom. They make a whole bunch of... uh, if you're into Star Wars or any kind of nerdy stuff, there's probably a few things you'll like on his website. They oh, make yeah. props and uh, and uh, bits and pieces that it's just really nice to have to hold. Yeah, um, there's cool stuff there. He does some some smaller stuff like this, which is awesome. Um, but you know, highly skilled, highly tooled things. But he also does giant things like proper Captain America shields that, you know, they presented to Stan Lee in Australian colors the last time Stan was here. And I mean, yeah. they're amazing. It's a green and gold shield. And every time I see it, I think this, the photo's color is wrong. Right? Yeah, it's amazing. So good. So good. Mate, that is absolutely fantastic. And the quality on this is astonishing. This is great. And it's got the Imperial emblem sort of engraved into one corner, just like on the Mandalorian. And it's got um, the two horizontal lines on the back. This is fantastic. This is going on my, I'm not sure where it's going, but it's it's going somewhere in a place of honor. This is fantastic. And you snuck into my house live on air, you dirty man. <laughs> Thank you. 
Oh, cool. Well, that will definitely be on the Facebook page when I put this episode up. Um, but, uh, mate, there's only one way that I can thank you for that. And do you know what that is? What's that? Beating you in trivia. Whoa. <laughs> I've got to redeem myself because, uh, so for those um, keeping track. Am I, uh, am I one sorry? ahead? Is that what you said? You're one ahead. Um, the first two weeks we both did it busily. But last week, well, sorry. First two episodes, we both did it busily. Mm-hmm. But last episode, you did slightly less abysmally. You yes. got three and I only got two. And so, um, we are uh, we are one point apart, but right. I need to I need to redeem myself. Here we go, man. Are you ready? Because uh, I think uh, I think the people at home are ready to put us to shame yet again. Um, do you? Since I have the advantage, I uh, I will go first. Is that? I think that's how we're going to do this. Is that right? Sure. As in, you will you will, you will I, ask first. I will ask first. Okay. Now, who is the admiral of Darth Vader's fleet? During the Battle of Hoth, that is a little bit of a trick question, there, kids. Um, who is the admiral of Darth Vader's fleet during the Battle of Hoth? During the Battle of Hoth. Um. Oh, is it Admiral Piet? Correct. Oof. Because Ozil well, was the admiral until he. After the end, the landing. He stopped being the admiral just before the battle. Exactly. All right, hit me. Oh, I got one. Woo. Um, Okay, so who kicked the trigger of the sail barge's main gun, blasting a hole through its own deck? Uh, Leia. Uh, No, it's Luke. Luke. Damn it. I knew it was one or the other. Terrible. Can't believe I did that. All right. Who is the first person to kneel before Boss Nass in the Gungan sacred place? Um, Who is the first person to kneel? Padme. Correct. You're on fire. Um, All right. So question number two. Mm -hmm. Um, Who chides Anakin Skywalker saying, you have hate, you have anger, but you don't use them. You have hate, you have anger. Can you repeat the beginning part of the question? Who chides Anakin Skywalker saying, you have hate, you have anger, but you don't use them? I want to say it's Qui-Gon, but I can't imagine him saying that to little kid Anakin. Um... Doku? Yeah. Yes. Correct. Oh, whew. <laughs> whew. I was feeling the pressure there. It was starting to get to me. Uh, all right. Now, Drew, this is one of my favorites, so I hope you get this one. Mm-hmm. Which Star Destroyer locates the Millennium Falcon during Darth Vader's meeting with the Bounty Hunters? Say again. Which? Which Star Destroyer locates the Millennium Falcon during Darth Vader's meeting with the bounty hunters in Empire Strikes Back. Oh, I, I don't think I know the names of any um, the Star Destroyers in the original trilogy. Oh, it's one of my favorites. It was uh, So we used to play the Decipher card game way back when, and this mm-hmm. was one of my favorite cards, not because of what it did. I just loved it. Loved it. Um, I, I can only think of the uh, the executor, but I don't think that's it. Nope. 
It was uh, The Avenger. Ooh. Yes. Uh, wasn't that a class? Like uh, a little a little Star Destroyers? I don't believe so. Oh, no. I could be wrong. Sounds familiar. Um, okay, next question for you. Um, what does Qui-Gon Jinn use to wager for Anakin Skywalker's freedom? I want to I I honestly that is the movie I pay the least amount of attention in uh, and I know it's something precious to him Um, it's not R2 it can't be his lightsaber I don't know I want, I want to say like a bracelet or something. I, maybe R2-D2? I'm, I don't know. <laughs> no. Uh, the pod racer itself. Oh, of course. Yep. Thank you. Did he's, not know. He's not even wagering with his own stuff. He's wagering with someone else's stuff. Oh, how good of him. What a, what a noble <laughs> Jedi. Yeah. Uh, hey, shall we uh, give you an easy one? Uh, because I think this is one that... Uh, I think you got this one. How many legs does Republic AT... T-E, assault vehicle have? Um, it's got six. Correct. I'm going to say it now. Um, I was just, someone, someone brought up that for, um, they brought up the LAAT for X-Wing and then someone else mentioned the, the um, ATT. I said, oh, can we put that in X-Wing? And someone else was like, you can't have ground vehicles in, in X-Wing. But there is an episode in Clone Wars where they, um, where Anakin has the bright idea and it actually works of like, um, throwing a bunch of ATTs through space to land on a on a um, a cis cruiser and mm-hmm. like take it apart, which is kind of cool. That is very cool. Yeah, I've seen that episode. That's a good one. And uh, yeah, great reference. Nice. <laughs> I'd love to see those on the table, but they will be huge, and yeah, they, they will change the game possibly too much if they did for that. If um, if we ever had uh, an epic style one, perhaps. Yeah. All right, question four for you. What type of vehicle delivers the Emperor to the second Death Star? Uh, the shuttle, Imperial shuttle, the yeah. uh, Lambda shuttle, yeah. See, I was I was said Lambda shuttle. The The card says Imperial shuttle, which uh, I think is too vague, but... Yes, it's an got, Imperial got, shuttle, yeah. You got my nerd, my extra nerd answer, so that's... Like, yeah. I have the <laughs> X-Wing Lambda shuttle on my desk at work. True story. Uh-huh. It's one of the only Star Wars things on my desk. Uh, that and the Millennium Falcon. But yeah. All right, hit me. All righty. Now, I'm not sure if this is easy or hard. We'll see how we go. Where does C-3PO say he'd like to take R2-D2 to get away from Stormtroopers? Hmm. Where does... C-3PO say he'd like to take R2-D2 to get away from Stormtroopers. Oh, it sounds like an interesting subtext there. Like, <laughs> when do you want to take him, C-3PO? Exactly. Um, I have no idea. I can't remember that, that situation at all. Um, Let me see if I can help you out. Death Star. Uh, uh, um, I want to say, like, oh, um, to maintenance. Correct. Specifically, two maintenance. Yes, very good. Does that count? Yeah. 
Right. Absolutely. I Just remember, remember me fondly in this last question, please. <laughs> so I have another C3PO question, and I think this, this would probably be an easy one for you as well. Um, who does C3PO thank as he is immersed into uh, oil? Thank the maker. <laughs> it is the maker. Yes, it is. All right. So at the end of round four, we're back even again. I was going to say we're evened out, aren't we? Yeah. Have you seen the most recent Darth Vader comic um, where he visits uh, Lar and Beru's house uh, with a droid? And no. uh, they, the droids, uh, they look at that tank, uh, the oil, the oiling tank of the droids. Mm -hmm. uh, and he's like, oh, it's a great one. If only it was functioning right now, I would really like a bath or something like that. Invader basically... You know, stomachs this droid providing all this commentary, not noting, of course, that he's Anakin. And at one point, um, Darth Vader actually says, like, this is how, you know, says that Anakin and Padme had a kid and blah, 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 but doesn't say who he is. And then at some point, the droid makes some comment that annoys Vader to the point where Vader sort of just does the Dragon Ball-esque sort of head down a little bit and then force pushes everything out away from him for uh, like 30 meters. But yeah, interesting read. Good stuff. <coughs> I'm not, I'm not very consistent with my, uh, with my comic book reading. Neither am I, uh, <laughs> but that is okay. So Drew, uh, one thing that we are consistent about on this show is um, liking to get into the lore. We do love Star Wars lore and getting it onto the tabletop. Um, and I think we've done a fairly lousy job of engaging uh, wholeheartedly with the Australian uh, Star Wars Legion scene so far. I mean, we've, we've played in some events. We've had, uh, we had our good friends from Holly Heroes over to talk about uh, the Battle of Kashyyyk event. Um, but we haven't necessarily uh, gone full bore. I mean, we did just miss... CanCon, which was Australia's largest Star Wars Legion event ever, was it 45 players, you said? 45 players, yeah, which sounds like a, a pretty good effort. Yeah. And I think up from up from like less than 20 in the first year. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it sounds pretty amazing. And uh, to, to think seriously about going next year. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, yeah man. that sounds like it'd be cool. Absolutely. And Legion's grown by leaps and bounds down to here. Um, now, we're talking about, speaking of engaging a little bit, um, before we get to our lore, uh, we're talking about possibly holding an event coming up soon. Um, mm. Now, I guess this is my way of reaching out to you, the listener. Um, I know a lot of times uh, people really enjoy engaging in FFG events or playing in them because you get that cool FFG swag. You'll get the little limited card that you can't get anywhere else. Or if you do well, you might get a token or a dice or whatever else. But that sort of means that you are often, how should I say, um, tied to very specific rules of play. Um, not that if we were going to run an event, we wouldn't want to have, um, how should I say, uh, you know, we wouldn't go changing the rules of the game. Um, not, the, not, the, not the rules within the game. Correct. But the rules linking the games. Yeah, I think if we were going to try and have a narrative event, perhaps one where people might team up, for example, um, the FFG packs wouldn't represent that. So I guess, I guess we're looking to do... Um, 
perhaps in the next couple of months is perhaps a narrative event um, where people can team up uh, and uh, come play in Melbourne. And, uh, you know, bonus points to people who have, you know, maybe themed forces that, you know, not only theme within themselves, but perhaps theme with their partners as well. Or, you know, I think there's there's a lot to be uh, said there. Now, Drew, this is sort of your baby and I'm talking about it. So why don't you <laughs> uh, why don't you go from there? Um, well, I guess the place we're thinking of, of doing this um, is a is a longstanding Melbourne convention called Conquest. That's right. I need to make sure I'm not saying some other con that has the word con in it. Because Melbourne Conquest. does have a lot of con events, but yes, it is Conquest. We did just mention CanCon as well. We so, did, yeah. Conquest. Um, and I think it's mainly a, it's mainly a board gaming and Roleplay. RPG yeah. event, I would say. But they, they always run some miniature games. I've played Warhammer there a few times. I even ran Warhammer um, uh, about 10 years ago. You did? Um, and so thinking like at least they do all the ticket management there um, and all the advertising so we, we can do advertising on top of that but <laughs> they take care of that for us um and like i, I was thinking a um a campaign mm -hmm. with two sides and what i had done at one kings of war event in the past was um, a narrative campaign which is just a sort of a very basic story linking all of the uh linking all of the, the uh games together mm -hmm. and i well, i did make them but then i asked a friend to help and he just took them and completed completely did them himself um essentially little cutscenes between each game mm -hmm. so uh if you played many pc games in the uh in the 90s um the one thing you look forward to it after each level or each mission was the cutscene. It's like, oh, it was so mm -hmm. sweet. Um, and then you look back at it now, it's like, there's like 16 pixels in this video. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> What's exactly. going on? Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but so uh, my friend Owen Top has got a, um, he's, he's trained as a filmmaker. Um, he teaches media, but he made a whole bunch of these cutscenes for me and voiced over as well, which was really cool. That's awesome. Um, so I'm thinking... Maybe come up with a with a simple scenario, have like a um, a Star Wars esque scroll um, to to kick it off with mm -hmm. a few simple uh, a few simple um, plot devices just to link scenarios together. Still, just have people playing games with Legion, but maybe with a set scenario that fits into a uh, greater narrative for the whole day. Absolutely, and uh, we can declare one side the winner. That's um, right. Here's what I'm thinking. Because you've got four factions in the game which aren't linked um, chronologically Correct. as four. Um, you've got two pairs of factions, really. Um, so I was thinking for this scenario, um, the, main, the, main, the main narrative would be Imperials versus Rebels. Then I was thinking any Clone Wars players can join the Imperial side. Um, I know that the clones were kind of sort of disowned by the Imperials, but right. um, I figured realistically that's who they're most likely going to fight for. Um, and then the separatists could side with the rebels. Um, it's kind of funny that inversion in the, in the movies is that like the separatists, they're the rebels, like mm -hmm. at least in most people's opinion, they're the rebels and yet they're the bad guys. Right. 
and then the rebels in the original trilogy are the good guys but they're kind of going for the same thing it's just the cis has more power um they're able to fight a more upfront war than the um rebel alliance is able to fight that's right. I think it has to do with, I mean, uh, if we look at the first six movies, of course, the, it's sort of the arc of Anakin Skywalker yeah. um, from beginning to end. And of course, in the first three, he's the hero. And in the last, well, first two and a half, he's the hero. And then uh, and then for three movies, he's kind of the villain. And then for another half a movie, he's the hero again. So, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I think there's, it's, yeah, it, it has to do with that, obviously. But, um I mean, you could almost do a like a flashback situation where, um, you know, you could say that the the clone factions playing if they're playing each other could be like a flashback. And that has an impact on the the modern day battle today. Yeah, cool. Yeah, Um, I'm just I'm I'm working my way through Star Wars Rebels at the moment Um, in the third season. Nice. And there have been a couple of uh, of droid centric episodes in there. And there's one where. Um, there's a there's a droid sort of force that has kind of it's been sitting in um, in stasis or whatever for the twenty odd years, mm-hmm. and they get woke up by the by the rebels, and then the Imperials come and there's a battle, and it's it's pretty cool. Nice, yeah, that'd like, be ah. extra cool. Yeah, I hadn't even thought of that, but of course you could do the same thing there, couldn't you? Yeah. Um, nice. So character named characters wouldn't work, but we can't we can't solve every problem, can we? So no. No, but um, I mean, there is, of course, the precedence in the comic book of Vader um, leading clone army. So you could yeah. perhaps argue that um, clones could be the buybusters. But, you know, we'll see. We'll see what numbers look like. Um, I don't imagine this being a huge event, but I think uh, it, it might be fun to get some folks together and play some games over the course of the day. We've been compiling some pretty cool terrain, uh, and there's just so many great you know, local Legion players, just fantastic human beings who are playing the game. And I think it would just be cool to get some folks to come out on the long weekend, perhaps, uh, you know, mm. maybe Easter weekend if people are available and play some games. Yeah. But, um, we, we still need to flesh out a whole bunch of stuff. So, um, stay tuned. Yeah. We'll let you know. Um, and but Easter will be the, uh, the target weekend. That's right. Well, let's, let's get to narrative because narrative is what we love most. Now, Last episode, we didn't really do a whole lot of narrative because we were talking about the Battle of Kashyyyk Pack, and that in and of itself was a bit of narrative. Um, We talked about how to make a Wookiee army um, using that army list, so if you're curious, go back and listen. Um, Of course, previously we talked about Mimbin, and we talked about the Battle of Hoth. Now, because we have an interview in the second half of this episode, um, we didn't want to go too deep. Uh, but we did kind of want to take a few minutes to talk about something um, that was maybe Mandalorian adjacent. Now, we're not going to do any spoilers here. We're not going to ruin anything um, because we know that a lot of our European listeners, and we do have folks listening. Thank you for the feedback, guys. We love you. Um, so we're not going to talk anything spoiler here, but we are going to talk about the IG droids. Um, so rather than talk about a battle or an army or a force per se, we're going to talk about specific droid types and how you can use them in your existing armies. Now, of course, there were everything we're talking about today comes back to Halloween um, or Halloween. How would you pronounce that, Drew? Uh, Halloween. Yep, Halloween Industries, uh, um, <laughs> or Mechanicals. Um, now, they were a company that was very active during the Clone Wars. Um, 
and they uh, developed and manufactured weapons and battle droid models. Um, one of the things they did, though, was they didn't want to just crank out you know, crappy B1s. They wanted to have droids of substance. And so there were um, Lancer models, IG Lancers, who actually rode bikes and had spikes on top of their helmets and had lances. Um, and those are a whole other subject that we're not going to talk about today. Um, but what we are going to talk about is um, some of the offshoots of those original droids and how they sort of play into um, the sort of the modern Legion tabletop and Star Wars universe. Now, Drew, do you want to tackle um, one of the most common in the Clone Wars era anyway, if you've been watching the movies? Um, I think these guys get more screen time than any IG model, including the Mandalorian. So... Tell us a little bit about uh, our buddy, the 100 Magna Guard. So the IG, IG, IG 100, 100 sorry, yeah. yeah. Um, so they were a variant of the um, the IG series, um, used primarily as bodyguards um, in the in the Separatist army. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the 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 ones we see most often with the the personal um, security force for General Grievous. And he had those designed off of his former bodyguard from when he was uh, not a cyborg. Mm. Um, but he had the Magna Guard designed um, to be as close to that uh, force as he could get. Right. Um, but they were, as you see in the movies, they're, they're incredible machines. And because um, really the only, the only thing that, has any chance of stopping them as a Jedi. Right. Um, but we do see them take down Jedi. Um, we never see them really go up against non-Jedi um, True. opponents. But, um, yeah, they're, they're, they're pretty tough, um, and they've got a variety of loadouts. So we see mostly the combat variants, but there are some range variants as well. There are. Um, they can act as, as fighter pilots. Um, it's pretty, pretty versatile. I have very little doubt that these won't eventually become an official uh, unit for the Oh, they absolutely the will. Army. They have to be. Um, yeah. And of course, I'd expect they would be with the weapon system that you most often see them in the movie, which would be the Electrostaff, right? Yeah. So the Electrostaff, is, it's got a um, lightsaber-resistant um, shaft, and then two... Um, I can't remember what, I, I'm not sure how to describe the ends there. Um, but they are not lightsabers, but they can go up against a lightsaber. Mm-hmm. Uh, they can hold their own. Yeah. Um, but that's yeah, that, that's the magnet out there, and, and then they so they are sort of a precursor to what we see um, later on. Now, um, now before we get move on to the other IG models, um, I was thinking long and hard about this this week. How would you represent Magna Guard on on the tabletop to start with? Um, and I guess. Um, I would probably, if, you know, friend willing, you wouldn't be able to do this in an event. Um, I would just use Royal Guard, um, or maybe adapt them slightly. If I wanted to use these guys on the tabletop, I'm not sure even Skullforged or Mel's Miniatures makes models for these guys. So you might have to do some converting, um, to even get them on the tabletop in the first place. Um, I'm probably based, yeah. probably based them off a, off Maybe off B1s, but you'd have to bulk them up you would. a lot. And add, add a, a lot, lot more of, plating. Yeah, and add cloaks and those 
headdresses that they wear. Yeah, and then you'd need to you need to take the head off and put a, a more kind of human-looking head on it on the B1. Right. Um, it would need a lot of work. It would, but I think if you are super passionate about it, I think that's something you could pull off. Of course, if you're also a talented uh, 3D artist, you could probably do that faster. But yes, um, I, I really like the look of those. I think they're really cool. Um, and I didn't realize until recently that they were IG units. Um, I've always been a huge fan of IG-88, and so when I found that out, I suddenly you know, wanted to go back and rewatch the original clone yeah. movies to go, oh, yeah, they do look a bit like IG um, or an IG unit. So, yeah, very excited about that. So, Any, I remember yep, when, I first read, when I first read that, I was like, oh, yeah, they, they kind of look like IGs. And then and when I went back and saw them again, I looked at the head and I'm like, oh, the, the heads don't look actually that much like <laughs> like IG, um, IG-88's head. Mm-hmm. So for some reason, being told that they're IGs makes me think they look more IG, but they don't actually. Right. Yeah. They. They. But I was thinking because I have a bunch of IG88 or IG models um, through various 3D printing sources. Looking at them, I looked at my IG models and went, I can't even convert these to be MagnaGuard. Um, so I'm hoping they show up at some point, um, and preferably FFG, so that we have an easy analog rules wise. Um, mm-hmm. plus I think that would really open up some doors for, uh, you know, for droid players to do something interesting and different. Um, but yeah, anyway, I think, but I think the idea of the, the Royal Guard is a, is, is a good, um, proxy solution. Obviously that's the, it's the wrong faction, but uh, if you're more interested in the in narrative, then that's not really a problem for us. Yeah, exactly. Um, I would say like, just going back to the, to the lances, I know you said you want to talk about those later, but those would be so like. I got no idea what I'd represent them with. Right. Maybe just maybe just scout speeder bikes, um, but they're not nearly hard hitting enough. But uh, right, they're not tough enough. They don't hit hard enough, uh, both in shooting and in combat. Uh, I, I don't even know where to go. Uh, well, there's those are anti tank lances um, for those who don't know. Um, so these. Oh, can, can we go back to this? Because yeah, go <laughs> ahead, go ahead. Because um, it's actually so, uh, part of the Civil War, not yeah. So go ahead. Well, you said oh, well, they, when, so they do show up quite prominently in the in i have to get my um my articles correct here in clone wars not correct. the clone wars in right clone wars so before episode six came as episode three came out um there was that um i can't remember the artist's name but um a really cool animated series um called clone wars mm-hmm. and they have these they have their ig lances there and they're um, they're basically on jet bikes, and they have uh, they have um, ATA tipped lances, and they just charge into tanks and blow them up. Mm-hmm. And they were super tough and super hard hitting, um, but they were also super expensive to make, um, which is why um, they were only used traditionally by the people who uh, the race that owned Holowon. Um but they, like all the other, like the Magna Guards, were put on the shelves at the end of the Clone Wars. Mm. Um, and that is largely to do with the fact that the Galactic Empire banned the production of battle droids full stop. Um, now, we do see in the Clone Wars, we do occasionally see, um, how should I say, assassination droids. And so assassination and escort uh, security droids... Um, or what they were basically reclassed as. And the droids... That was, that, that was the loophole, yeah? Like, security yeah. droid was a loophole to that, that band. 
Yeah, exactly. Um, and Halloween created a range of these droids. Now, the IG-86 is the one that we see often in the Clone Wars uh, cartoon, and I guess in Rebels occasionally. Um, and they are assassin droids, or um, occasionally they're seen as uh, security droids. Um, but they're often used by gangsters, specifically Zero the Hutt. Um, now, of course, there's also IG-11, um, now, IG-11 is another sort of series of assassination droids um, that were kind of outlawed in the galaxy. Um, and it was... Fo- uh, so IG-11 is... F- I'm trying not to spoil uh, Mandalorian here. It was um, featured prominently in a several episodes of The Mandalorian. There was an IG-11 droid who was on a bounty, and we did get to see that IG-11 droid in action. Now... Um, one of the features of an IG series is that it has that head um, that if you actually look at the bar in a, in a New Hope, uh, in the canteen, in the canteen, I should say, um, <laughs> it looks like a coffee maker, is an IG <laughs> droid head on the bar. Um, and it's that sort of conical head with its eyes all the way around. It gives it 360-degree field of vision. Mm-hmm. Um, it has, it can see in every direction, but it doesn't just see, it processes its information in every direction. So this, uh, combined with the combat programming kind of enables the IG units to sort of attack multiple units in multiple directions at once. And we saw that in the Clone Wars cartoon to a degree, but it wasn't until you got to the Mandalorian. And if you just watch the trailer for the Mandalorian, you can see the IG arms i mean you can see the ig unit in combat and it just is turning on a dime and its torsos spinning and it's shooting in every direction it seems at once because its eyes are seeing in every direction and its elbows and shoulder joints reverse direction while it's on the go so all of a sudden you're shooting it's walking one way but its gun arm is pointed you know, directly behind it, and it's shooting directly behind it simultaneously. It's shooting to its right with its other like a arm. Tarot, really, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Except it's got multiple arms that are on the go as well. So these guys were brutal. Now the that's IG... a cool scene, by the way. That 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 battle is. Uh... Oh yeah. It's very cool. Again, we won't talk about it. No, we won't. Um, now the IG Eleven also is able to pilot vehicles. Um, it's very strong, uh, capable of lifting a human in one hand. Uh, we see that occasionally. Um, and in addition to the blasters that IGs typically carry, um, I believe that we see the IG carrying a E11 um, and a DLT-20A uh, at different points. Um, it also has a thermal det- detonator built into its chest, um, so he self-destructs to, uh, which is programming put in by his manufacturers to prevent his design from being stolen or copied. Um, now, IG units also, <laughs> are, yeah, Gosh. exactly. Um, IG units are also famous for having uh, close combat weapons. We see that a lot in the Clone Wars cartoon, um, and yeah. So we those are the basic droids: the IG Eleven, the IG Eighty Six, assassination slash security droids. Clearly, IG sorry, IG Eleven was a bounty hunter or on a bounty hunting mission. Um, but of course, all of those are not sort of 
the top of the pecking order as far as IG units. And before I get to IG88, do you want to add anything, Drew? Um, maybe come back to something, but I don't like, let's just go into the, let's get into the 88. Okay. 88. IG88 was revolutionary in that it was, there was a, uh, artificial intelligence program that was um, so revolutionary that it basically made the IG-88 unit sentient almost instantly. And they instantly tried to, when they second they realized it, like Skynet, um, Holloway tried to destroy IG-88. Um, IG-88 um, killed the scientists that were creating him. And uh, he does have a I know he is a genderless droid, but he does. They do use the male pronoun. Um, IG-88 then sort of copies himself three times, and we see IG-88 A, B, C, and D. Um, now, of course, famously, that is each one sort of is different in its own way. And in uh, if you play X-Wing, of course, you'll know that there are Brobot builds where there are four different versions of the same ship and each pilot has its own distinct special abilities um now if you read tales of the bounty hunters novel there is some awesome ig88 love in there uh involving a plot to uh upload his consciousness into uh the death star which is eventually destroyed etc etc they do succeed though yeah yes um but then the the death star is destroyed destroyed. um in other lore he's foiled by a droid um by but he's still destroyed in the battle for endor so there's there's a lot of ig88 stories in there and i'm not going to necessarily go down the whole of ig88 stories because ig88 is mentioned in a lot of Star Wars stories. He is one of the big famous bounty hunters from the scene that we talked about earlier from Empire Strikes Back, um, which is why I loved him as a kid. Um, I had his action figure. I adored IG-88, and when I had my opportunity to get one, you better believe I did. Um, Now, what's interesting is IG-88, IG-86, and IG-11 all look very similar to the point yeah. where you can run them interchangeably on the tabletop. Would you agree? Yeah. Um, there's something I found a bit, a bit odd when, as I was sort of looking into this. Um, so we get, we talk about the IG series yeah. and there's, we've, we've got at least four different sort of numbered variants there, the 11, the 86, 88 and the 100. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, one more as well which I was surprised at. Um, again, maybe I'll come back to that. Um, but I found it odd that the, the 11, 86, 88, they all look identical mm-hmm. or very, very, very difficult to distinguish between, whereas the 100 is clearly distinct. Yes. Um, even without the cloak and the, the headgear, it still yeah. looks different. Um, so... Yeah, it's weird that it's weird that they all look or that like some of them look very similar, some of them look very different. Mm-hmm. But they're all considered the same series. Um, the other one, which is part of the series, um, which somewhat surprisingly, is the uh, the IG. What number are we? What number about two hundred and something? Uh, I can't find. I can't find it listed. Apparently, the Hellfire droid is an IG series droid as well, which oh. is the giant wheeled rocket launcher that you see um, in. First Battle of Geonosis. Is it? 
Oh, that's so interesting. The, the two big jaunty wheels that shoots rockets. Yeah. Apparently it's IG series. The thing that looks like it's out of Twisted Metal, that video game. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and apparently it's used for um, debt collection. I wouldn't have guessed that. <laughs> it's just, just like drive up to your house and shoot rockets at you. Oh, I just want just wanted money back. Um, can I? Can I? Can you pay me now? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Is that all right? Sorry. Yeah. Um, so it also doesn't look like one of the uh, one of the uh, normal IG units. Correct. Well, if if you were getting these guys on the tabletop now, Mel's miniatures uh, and my favorite Skullforged both make a, a variety of IG droid. Uh, models that you can use interchangeably as the 11, the 86, or the 88. Um, in fact, there are more than enough to make squads of these guys and have very different poses, um, which is very cool. And I'm very excited about that because it means that I can run entire squads of these. Um, now, why do I bring this up? Because um, though we see IG-11 working independently uh, in The Mandalorian, um, we do see IG-86s working as part of squads in the cartoon. So I was thinking I really wanted to have a squad of, I was originally thinking I could have a four-man unit of IG-88, A, B, C, and D. But then I got to thinking it would be cooler to have IG-88 as his own being on the tabletop. And I'm hoping that we get an IG-88 official model from FFG soon. Um, mm. So we get some rules. And it was rumored a long time ago that we would. Um, because we have Bosk, we have Boba Fett. It would be great if we got some more of the bounty hunters. And especially after The Mandalorian, it kind of makes sense that if we're going to see anything, an IG droid would be possibly something we'd see. Yeah. But that got me thinking, if I wanted to have a squad of IG units... Um, I think the IG-86s, um, or a squad of IG-8011s, I mean, same difference, would be cool to have. Now, I got to thinking, since I'm already running Bounty Hunters with my Imperials, um, just pick up another squad worth um, through Shapeways or directly from uh, Skullforged. And then possibly, and I was looking at Shore Troopers, I wanted something that was a little more accurate than regular Stormtroopers, um, but I wasn't looking to necessarily cherry pick the best unit um, because I love IG units. Um, but I did eventually settle on, and I know I'm cringing a little bit here because they are so good, um, but I was thinking Death Troopers would match. They, they're heavily armored. There's a lot of upgrade slots on that card that you can put Tenacity, you can put Hunter, you can put um, things that would make sense for assassination slash bounty hunting. Yeah. Um, I think that might be the way to go for me. Um, possibly add something in there to make them more durable to represent the fact that they're robots, um, or in this case, droids. I, I don't know. That's, that's kind of where I was thinking, keeping in mind, I normally run my bounty hunters as regular Imperial scouts, um, with some upgrades, um, and not even having a sniper rifle or anything else just as regular scouts. Um, and I thought that that might be a nice analog alongside. Um, but yeah, Drew, what do you think? Do you think that I, marries up? Yeah, I think I think keep the organic bounty hunters as the scouts. I think that that works. They've got that versatility. Yeah. Um, and I guess vulnerability. Yeah, exactly. They have t-shirt yeah. saves. Yeah. Yeah. 
which I always feel that bounty hunters only survive because of their um because they're cunning, not because they're um not because they're armor. Right. Boba Fett maybe the um the exception there. Oh, and and I yeah. But all the other ones look kind of squishy. Mm-hmm. Um so scat but but squishy but cunning, which scouts work for that. Um and yeah, I think Death Troopers would be the best analog for um yeah for IG for IG units. Yeah, and I think it's I think it'd be a lot of fun. And you could even have some modeling options too, and have most of them with E11s, and then the one with the DLT could be the DLT trooper. Um, so you could even model within the squad and have some fun with that. And I think it would just be cool to add a unit of IG units to a um, or IG droids, I should say to the to your existing army i think it would bring something different so you're not just seeing the same old unit of death troopers on in an imperial yeah. army which though um i'm not playing in tons of events i do see a lot of pictures of armies and my god there's a lot of death troopers out there so yeah would add some variety which would be cool so yeah maybe maybe the ig lances could be tauntauns oh dear yeah maybe but yeah <laughs> then we're putting Tauntauns in Imperial armies, unless we were, of course, running um, running them in a um, separatist a separatist list. But you wouldn't want to put Tauntauns in a separatist list. No, <laughs> we're going down dark loopholes here, Drew. Uh, all right. Um, Clearly, this is not tournament play. We're talking about this is uh, yeah. this is experimenting with your friends. Yeah. But I figured if you were, I mean, I do like to build forces that I can run in events. So for me, having a unit of IG uh, droids and running them as death troopers, as long as my opponent knows what I'm doing beforehand, um, I think that wouldn't go too far amiss. The only thing I'd stay clear of is just having, like, having a unit of IGs as death troopers and then also having a unit of death troopers as death troopers. Like, Right, correct. I, I'd stay clear of that, but like, again, it's not even that's not even... A hard note was just me personally. If I'm if I'm doing a proxy like that, I Go at least in. want it to be consistent within my army. Yeah, exactly, and that's a better way of saying it. Yeah, being consistent within your own army is kind of what my my force tends to be about anyway, because yeah. all my stormtroopers are minbin stormtroopers, for example. Well, <laughs> there's no way they'd be on the same battlefield as uh, as galactic marines. No, exactly. Um, very, well, very unlikely, unless you had yeah. Galactic Marines drop into Minbin, which is possible, but, you know, hey, probably not. Well, Drew, I think it's uh, about time that we move on to our all-star interview. Any final words? I, I'm afraid you do have to go. Yeah, it's not enough room on the air for me. Um, no, I'm, I'm very listening, very much looking forward to listening to your, to, um, to you. And I hope everyone enjoys um, what they're about to hear. Nice. Well, uh, here we go. Without further ado, we will go to talk to Jordan. And we are back. And we are back with a really exciting guest. Now, this is a man whose work I absolutely love. Um, Maybe one of the most talented digital sculptors um, whose work I've touched ever, uh, someone who has made some of my favorite models uh, that I've painted in the last 12 to 18 months, a man whose work, if you are not familiar, man, I hope by listening to this, you absolutely do. And he is not paying me to say this. Literally, my favorite models to paint in the last 18 months has been this man's work. Of course, I am talking about 
Jordan from Skullforge. Jordan, how, hey, are, how you doing? Good, bro. How are you? I'm 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 hanging in there. I'm staying warm. I'm yeah, staying I was going to say, how is it from the depths of Hoth? I mean, Chicago. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, I just cut open uh, my ninth Tauntaun and stuffed it last night. No, but it, it's good. It's good. I've got a so my home is over 100 years old. And so it doesn't hold heat that well. And so every winter we're kind of like, all right. All right. Here we go again. Yeah. Brave in the wilds. <laughs> so. Brother, you're preaching to the choir. My family home in Boston is the same way, and there would be that one room in the house that you would, you know, you we had like that TV ki- TV room, kitchen, bathroom, like little add-on to the side of the ancient house that actually yeah. held heat and where you'd spend your entire time, you know, in the winter. And then at night, you'd run upstairs, jump into bed, and do a little running man in the bed to warm it up, and then... Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. There was no going to the bathroom in the middle of the night, not unless you wanted to freeze to something. But anyway, um, Jordan, I, I'm sure people don't want to hear us talking about snow, and I, I'm sure I could make Tauntaun jokes all day. But let's talk more about uh, just the fantastic work you do. So, for those who aren't familiar, Skullforged is a digital sculpting company studio project um, that you do. And if people are looking for you while we're talking, the best place to look would be uh, Skullforged Gumroad is how I usually find it through Google. Or if you go to Shapeways, they have a lot of your stuff too. Uh, and just, um, I usually type running trooper um, and then it finds one of your sculpts and then I click <laughs> Skullforged and it takes me there. And that's how I do it, kids. Yeah. So, so Jordan, how, I mean, it started out as just a couple fun models, and this has gone. I mean, how many sculpts have you done now? Do you even know? Man, it has taken off. I think we are we are beyond the hundred mark, and I think we are either just past or coming up to the hundred fifty mark. Mate, you there, are you are more prolific than most game companies, like major game companies who are putting out releases. I mean, Marvel Crisis Protocol. I think they're up to like twenty five. Yeah. And I'll, they're, they're, there are there are some some benefits of, of working independently and kind of just you know going your own way. I don't have to wait on uh, production turnarounds uh, from uh, from uh, casting and molding. True. I don't you know I've got my own printer at home so I can do my own tolerance testing. Um, but definitely like keeping it strictly to three D printing, it's it's such an amazing technology that allows you just to rapidly iterate and can constantly make. Totally. So how did you get started in this madness? Man, well, you know, I think I think like most, uh, like like everyone here, you know, just a Star Wars fan through and through. And then I was at Gen Con a couple years ago, and I saw them demoing Star Wars Legion for the first time. Mm-hmm. Uh, got to play a quick game, uh, very impressed. Uh, and then a I'd say a couple months later, I just thought to myself, hey, why don't I just make a quick K2SO and see how that goes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, change that to a KX security droid. Uh, right. But uh, yeah, I just I just made a quick droid, had it three D printed through Shapeways, uh, and 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 uh, and a little background on me. I've been working in the game industry, video game industry, for about ten years now. Uh, yeah, ten years next week. Nice. Um, and so I've got a background in three D modeling uh, and you know concept art, two D art, and all that. Uh, so yeah, I just threw together a quick model. You know, looking. You know, got to watch Rogue One twenty times over just to make sure I had all the, the mm-hmm. references. Got that, they show that off, got a huge response from that and, you know, kind of tug off like wildfire of, you know, making the, you know, uh, uh, the rest of the Rogue One squad. Yeah. Well, I guess it's just one of those things that 
um, you look at the Skull Forge range, and um, it is all sort of how do I say this? Uh, science fantasy, science fiction fantasy, um, space wizards with laser swords and galactic troopers. Um, and there's a lot of models in there that correspond with a lot of things that we might recognize in a galaxy far, far away, while some of the things aren't necessarily one-to-one representations of anything else, because, I mean, that's not IP appropriate. Your right. stuff is, I mean, if you are looking for alternate models, um, if, for example, a, happen, a game that you love, like Star Wars Legion, or if you're playing 7TV or any other game with these science fiction um, models this they line up and you can find analogs to allow you to add variety to your forces which is just awesome um and it's one of the things i love best yeah yeah i think it's one of those things where you look at the production schedule of any major any major uh miniature studio and and they have certain lead times they can avoid with you know either you're manufacturing stuff in china and you know you've got you know you know you know months and months of of uh time to spend on you know manufacturing uh you know there are so many fans who want the whole the whole saga yeah on on their tabletop you know right now and so and and so you know part of it is you know i i know i i love a a particular uh you know star wars movie very much and i just want to get them the tabletop as fast as possible and so I, i i knew i could do that myself and so i did uh and then you know there's either, you know, doing smaller skirmishes or, you know, kill team style games mm-hmm. where you just want to field as much uh, as much galactically inspired stuff as possible. You know, you, yeah. you want to play your own game a lot of the times. And so for me, it's, it's being able to play casual uh, to the fullest. Yeah, man, absolutely. And um, I do love and I'm trying to find the number of posts, but uh, you have a, there's a Facebook group called Skullforge Studios and you often post some of the stuff that's coming out. And a long time ago, you put up a post because you were getting inundated with posts um, <laughs> yeah. saying, hey, and I believe you put it out uh, at the last day of last year. It says, comment on this post with your suggestions. All future posts with suggestions will be deleted. Um, I actually can't find the post count on that because it, it is so many. But my God, yeah. I don't think I've seen a post with that many suggestions slash photos ever. Um, I think I think it's got as many posts or, or as many suggestions slash comments as like uh, when they released the teaser for Force Awakens. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's <laughs> like, unbelievable. I like and 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 you know I was talking to my wife about it, you know, because she's like, hey, like everyone's posting, you know, suggestions and stuff, and I love it. I want to see what people uh, would love to see, you know. I, I want to mm-hmm. know. Uh, but the group was just getting inundated with so many. Hey, have you thought about this guy? It's like, yes, I have thought about this guy. Yeah like the post you know but it just makes it makes managing the group a lot easier just to keep it all in one place yeah but now it's i might have to make another uh post <laughs> yeah volume two start over again <laughs> oh my god so when you do you look at those and you think oh yeah i was already thinking of that or have you gone through that and go oh i didn't think of that that's a fantastic idea and how have is, you interacted yeah. with that it is it is half and half, you know. I uh, I, I go through and I, I I like the things that, you know, either seem reasonable or seem cool that I haven't seen before. There's a lot of stuff in there that you know, uh, there 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 are some models that I know are going to be officially released in some capacity in the future. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, yeah, sure, it would be great to make uh, you know arc troopers, right? But those right. are going to come out. We all know they're going to come out. And lo and behold, you know, we got a preview for them like a week ago. So yeah, exactly. Uh, 
But there are some some things that you know, as as you know, we all love Star Wars and we love everything about it. But there are some things you've just never seen before. And so mm-hmm. uh, there's, I think the there's a a, mo- a mobile game, kind of like a tower defense realm builder, uh, mm-hmm. that's out right now. That they did a new version of the Shadow Trooper, from uh, uh, like the the Kalapatar and stuff and all that. And I, I looked, I was like, wow, this. Because I, I don't like I don't like the large dark trooper shadow trooper robot thing like the shoulders are too big is this weird football stormtrooper combo right yeah then uh, this 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 newer version in this one small mobile game where it's not necessarily small but on uh, this one the mobile game this looked like a very solid design it's like wow that mm-hmm. I really like that and I definitely want to do a sculpt similar to that uh, and maybe add some variants to so people can you know recognize it a bit better but you know there's there's always new stuff out there. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I would be remiss if I didn't mention that my moniker on this podcast is Low Brad. So Lobot and uh, Cloud City Troopers. But anyway, moving on. Um, oh, no, no, no. I, I, I have got a, a uh, let's let's call this a um, <laughs> a uh, Mr. Clean Bot head sculpted. And so I just need to finish the body. And he's uh, good to go. I'm very excited because there, <laughs> he, I, I may have a uh, a governor of a gas mining uh, world or whatever you would call that, who uh, who may enjoy a card game model that needs needs a friend. So, oh, yes. Um, yes, yes, very excited about that. Um, well, cool. Like, obviously, I'm not going to ask you what your inspiration is for this because I think you've answered that in spades. But <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah. Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The uh, well. Uh, I know that you said you played Legion at um, when it before it came out, and obviously you are making models um, that people can use for that game and for other games. I guess my question is, when you are playing Legion, or do you play Legion, and if so, what do you play? Because I mean, you it would have been very easy for you to say, well, these are the models I'm making, and I'm going to play with the models that I'm making, which is what a lot of people do. But you're sort of open sandboxing a universe rather than sort of narrowing down one. I was looking specifically through the model list, trying to figure out what you played or do you just play a little bit of everything or nothing? Uh, I, so this is a bit of a stain on my reputation, but I played Legion once I brought, I paint up the core set brought to my office, played it with the one coworker I have that, uh, sort of enjoys, you know, war games. We played one game and we said, well, this is cool. And then, uh, it has sat in my basement, <laughs> <laughs> and so I, you know, and I and I follow the community, I follow the meta, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and like, you know, every once in a while I'm like, yeah, I'll get everything out and I'll play another game, and then life yeah. happens, you know, I'm not able to stay out as late as I want, mm-hmm. or you know, I've, I've I've got a sudden inspiration for a sculpt to work on, you know, um, but I feel you know, the game is 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 awesome, and I'm really excited that there's the new skirmish rule set, and I think that right. might be. I think that might be the hook to bring me back into seriously start playing some games. Yeah. Um, that being said, I I definitely love to to look at and collect uh, the the imperial stuff right now because I think the imperial design aesthetic is so strong mm-hmm. and I think uh, Star Wars Legion fully represents the Empire really well. Uh, with the Rebels, I uh, this is not a critique on the game. This is more a a a a my personal view on, on how the, the army is set up. Right. But the rebels are, are, are set up in such a way visually that you have uh, units that are good for one environment, then units that are good for a snow environment, then, you know, yes. vehicles that you find only in a desert world. And so it, it, as much as the rebels are a hodgepodge, the 
the army you can build visually feels like uh, either you're going to be on Hoth and you're going to use these that mm -hmm. this one squad of troopers on Hoth, or you're going to have to mod them. Which I am I am fully for you know modding and and, and hobbing up mm -hmm. you know, anything and everything. Uh, but I, I do wish that the Rebels looked a bit more cohesive. Well, I think it's important to point out then um, that the, a certain host of this show who's talking to you right now may have uh, purchased a certain uh, hostile environment helmet from you <laughs> and uh, bought it mass-produced through Shapeways. Um, I think I bought 50 of the helmets at one go. Oh, boy. Um, and then I took a traditional stormtrooper army, cut the heads off the entire army, and using cloaks from Victoria Miniatures, um, combined your heads with those bodies and Victoria Miniatures cloaks and made, um, and by cloaks I mean more like capes, made mud troopers. Um, so my entire go. mud trooper army, though I could have easily just put look, stormtroopers, and though I have an army that on the tabletop, if you actually just look at the cards, is stormtroopers um mm -hmm. visually i didn't want to have the same stormtrooper army that everyone else did and i think that is the key of um why i love your work and um there's a few other folks who are making things these days for legion 2 um that because you just visually you can add so much with just adding a couple of models it really brings to life uh, a force, especially when you're trying to theme it. Because um, as you say, the rebels are a bit hodgepodgey sometimes, like the veterans are in Hoth, um, the the scouts are on from Endor. But when you can add a couple of models in to sort of bridge the gap and maybe, as you say, cut and reconfigure models, you can actually make a narratively driven Legion force now, um, which is just awesome to see on the tabletop. Yeah, I mean, I, I love seeing people... Uh are able to own their their list and own their army right mm. like it is individual to them it is it is by their design and not necessarily by the design of the designers or or the local meta you know like oh yeah yeah the, these are these are uh uh jungle tauntauns you know like what well, make what's a jungle tauntaun i have no idea and then you know some shirtless twi'leks on top of a tauntaun you're like oh that's actually amazing <laughs> and by how do i actually get that i mean so, uh, Jordan. Yeah, I'm, yeah writing exactly. that, I'm writing this down right now. Shirtless Twilight on Tom Tom's. Yes. <laughs> right on. Well, I mean, that's especially with some of the new Clone War stuff that's coming out. Um, if we, you know, FFG has, because it just started, like when the Galactic Civil War stuff came out, the, the model range is limited. Will FFG <laughs> bump, it, uh, you know, bump it out? Will we see more stuff? Yes, absolutely. But to get a couple of models, you know, to get a space wizard um, of a different variety to lead your force that maybe isn't wearing body armor and carrying a lightsaber like over his head, waving it around like that. Yes, you can do that. In fact, I have a couple um, and my little Yoda is standing in the middle of a pack of galactic marines. So um, <laughs> which is very exciting for me. And um, the fact that, you know, you're able to just by adding a couple of guys um, really changed the way an army looks because otherwise, I mean, it's literally just a bunch of snowtroopers painted in a different color scheme. But when you add just one or two models to that, um, yeah, it works the treat. And especially when you're making models, for example, that may be like different E-Web crews or sorry, heavy weapon crews that happen to work with E-Webs or with the pizza gun um, all of a sudden... <laughs> Again. Yeah. Visually, yeah. they match, which is fantastic when you're trying to build a narrative force. 
Yeah, I, I like working on those. I, there is definitely a, a great sense of uh, giving giving something to the community. A lot of people have suggested, you know, oh, it's, it's weird that there's a there's a snow guy on the e web if I'm not doing a snow battle. Mm -hmm. And so it just kind of felt like a perfect shoe and just to make some generic generic troopers for for those two uh, expansions. Uh, but I always kind of like ride that ride that uh, thin red line of like, you know, should I should I make tools for you know the community of this game or just you know make more character driven models uh you know and you know some you know i'm, I'm working on a pack of heads right now alien heads so you can you know mod your guys whoever you want uh mm -hmm. and yeah you know yeah so yeah. good <laughs> so good man yeah and uh i know especially since there's been a very popular star wars television show um that we're trying not to spoil on this podcast but um, for example, the fact that I now have a squad of uh, bounty hunters that I added to my uh, Imperials, and then, you know, all of a sudden, oh, now I have giant teeth monsters that people can ride around on that, <laughs> you yeah. know, that happen to have a bounty hunter on the back with a, with a, a, a visored helmet. Um, yeah. And, you know, as I, all of a sudden I went, ah, Tauntauns. I could use those for Tauntauns. Ah. Exactly. I could yeah. I could use little tiny scavenger alien models with um who yell random words out. That could be interesting if I could run them as maybe rebels with an ion gun. And what about uh <laughs> that's your ion trooper right there. Like mm -hmm. the, the shortest one of the bumps is walking around freezing guys. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or just have a whole squad of them and just paint one of them to holding the uh, just have one of them with a, a great big uh, gun on, over his head and with a little arrow saying, that's the guy with the gun, but everyone else. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, I, whatever. It's a dice pool. But it's, um, yeah, again, lovely stuff. And the fact that you're able to, I mean, I, I love Legion. I love playing Legion. It's a lot of fun. As you say, Skirmish is my favorite way to play. But mm -hmm. it wasn't until um, literally your models caught my eye and I started adding things that, all of a sudden, I actually started building and painting and playing it more. Um, before that, it was like, yeah, yeah, this is cool, but everything's sort of same-samey. And then all of a sudden, the universe opened up for me, and that's what drove me as a narrative gamer. I know a lot of people have. So um, oh, that, before awesome. I forget, thank you, um, because it's really opened up the game for me in a really exciting way. Oh, that means a lot. I, I appreciate that. Thank you. Um, now, I, I before and let's... Let's talk about something we mentioned earlier. That there is that thread with a million suggestions. Uh, I know that some people are very excited for your work. I know a lot of people are. Uh, I am one of them. But I think it's important for people to remember that this is not your day job. In fact, this isn't even really a job. This is more of a, a hobby. This is like what you do for fun. Um, and it's not like you're doing giant money-making endeavor uh, in fact, you do other stuff, and um, oh yeah, yeah. This isn't so. When you make things, that's awesome. Thank you, but you, you're not. It's not like you have to do this for work, <laughs> right? Yeah, 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 yeah. I, and I, I, I think a lot of people know that, and and I'm, I'm never hesitant to tell people that this is not my day job. It is, it is my two hour night job. Uh, mm -hmm. But my other job is, is, is you know. Uh, I, I've been working in the video game industry, you know, for a mm -hmm. long time now. I still continue to. Uh, I've loved it every day uh, and continue to. Uh, but this this sculpting gig is just kind of you know a, the a fun a fun side project, so I could see uh, the characters that I love, you know, in miniature form. 
totally. and and it just so happens that a lot of other people like it too and i i super appreciate that i love it yeah man and it's one of those things i mean i worked for games workshop for a long time oh, cool. um, yeah i mean in corporate but it was one of those things where you'd work you you go for a long day of work because back then the sales hours were ridiculous um and so it was you go to work early you talk games workshop all day long and then you go home and you go to do some hobby and you're like jesus i've been doing this all day long um yeah. and yeah i would still do it but then you know after a year or two you know sometimes colossal you know colossal burnout would get you because it's all you do and if you're right. doing 3d printing or sorry 3d modeling all day and then you're doing it at night i mean that's people need to be patient with the fact that maybe you need a break sometimes yeah <laughs> yeah yeah uh thank you for saying that uh <laughs> i i agree um yeah bricks are good and i think uh the, the the big benefit of this is that it's it's a uh, it's a galaxy in a world that that we've all fallen in love with a long time ago and so yeah. uh, it's definitely invigorating to you know get back in a zebras and start sculpting uh, but I, you know I, I definitely time my releases so that I'm able to put a, a, a couple of new things out a month yeah uh, if I was going full force I think you know I think at some point last year I pulled out a ton of models when yeah, I went my the uh, the Grunge Super models it was like one month where I, like put out 20 different things and I was like why why am I why am I doing this it's great that all these things are out and they're printed and they're beautiful but yeah whoa, whoa. <laughs> hold on now like this is you know this is unofficial this is on the side this is not a job um and yeah so I you know I've made a point to you know be a bit more laid back and take it easy like I've still got a lot of stuff to work on from uh the new uh galactic show that we all love uh and so there's a couple characters I'm still working on and and plan to get out, uh, mm -hmm. but I'm not as uh, beholden to either like a weekly release schedule or need to get it out before anyone else does. Right. Uh, because you know, at the end of the day, like if someone else has uh, has has you know some laser sword wizards, that's cool too. Because we're all just you know we're all creators and we're all makers and we all put out our own work and and all the work is always appreciated. Exactly right. Um, it, now, when you sculpt. Do you uh, I've mentioned before on the show that I really enjoy the scale of um, Legion and some of the other games that happen to be about on that scale. I, I'm not sure what we call that non heroic 32s, 30, whatever the scale yeah, would I, be. Yeah. It's 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 a smidge less than heroic. The hands and heads are still a bit oversized. Right. Because I, I think Marvel, the new the new Marvel Crisis Protocol is more uh, non real or, or more realistic. Realistic. Mm. Uh, thirty-two or I don't know. The characters like forty mil, right? They're yeah, they're standing, they're even they're, taller than Legion yeah. scale. Um, but then if you put them next to you know standard twenty-eight millimeter, you know, <laughs> bolt action models, for example, um, yeah, it's it's hilariously they're hilariously tall. Um, yeah. You're like, wow, yeah. Black Widow is twice the size of a Soviet trooper. Amazing. Yeah. Um, well, that heroic scale. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Wow, that that is heroic. Uh, and then <laughs> you put the Hulk next to a tank, and you go, ah, well. Mm. Um, but I, I, do you? I mean, I know that that's a scale I love to work with because it the models have a certain level of detail that a right. you can see, and then you are it makes it easier as a painter. Um, and for me, with my old eyes, it is fantastic when, especially when I'm working off the stuff that I've had printed from you um, in that scale, because you can print, of course, in any scale. But when I print mm -hmm. models to that scale, um, I love because there is the detail, but it's large enough that you can accentuate it. And I like to 
put a little extra pop on it on the you know highlight wise. But when you are modeling these things, I guess where I'm going with this is, do you, how do you take that into account? I mean, we do know that you can print things in 15 millimeter. You can print things in 20, 25, whatever scale you want. You can print things in. Um, I have a 156 GI Joe Army, 156 scale, like 25 millimeter that I've had shrunk to that size working off mm-hmm. of community made vehicles. But sometimes the scaling's funny. When you're sca- when you're sculpting this. I, I assume you're sort of assuming that people are going to be printing it around the 28 to 32 range. Is that something that you really are cognizant of when you're sculpting? Oh, yeah. Yes, definitely. When I first started out, uh, there was definitely a lot of back and forth to figure out what uh, the right tolerances are, how thick a finger should be, yeah. how thick a nose bridge should be, or a gun barrel. And there's still some old models that I have where I need to upsize the gun barrels a bit more so they're easier to print and they won't break if you look at them uh but uh i've made a point uh now and i think we're you know i've been doing this for almost two-ish years now mm-hmm. a year and a half and so this last year is you know I, I made a point to get all my tolerances uh to get all my scaling correctly and to make the process of when i when i sculpt i'm sculpting for 40 mil scale for, for, to have it match legion as best as possible so when you put it on the tabletop it'll look like legion but also the fun thing is if you take uh, the Legion style and shrink it down a little bit to 28 mil, you know, to, to Imperial Assault scale, mm-hmm. it also kind of works for Imperial Assault too. And I yeah. think the the only difference is that you have a 3D printed model with a lot of high detail versus a, a cast and molded model where some of the detail is lost in the process. Right. Uh, but, but other than that, it works pretty good for Imperial Assault. Um, but, but yeah, I'm, I'm, when I'm sculpting, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that, uh, People will print it at at 40 mil scale at, at the 146, 148 scale. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that that is the intention. I, I put it on Gumroad. <laughs> like, hey, this is the scale of the mini. You can make it bigger if you want. And it looks good bigger. You can make mm-hmm. it smaller if you want. And I think it works at 28 mil too. Um, but yeah, that is definitely uh, when I when I'm sculpting. That is that is first and foremost the goal is to have it look good at scale because you can make a you can sculpt a model realistically and have it look great at one to one scale. Uh, you could shrink it down half size and have it look like a great statue. But the moment you shrink down that realistic model to any sort of wargaming scale, uh, it is not going to match any of their models at all because the models made for wargaming uh, need to be able to survive casting, molding and casting. Right. Uh, so you, you, you do have to play with the proportions a bit. Totally, totally. Um, I guess my related question is, um, I know you said you print things to test tolerances and to quality control the things that you're creating. Um, do you recommend, I mean, there's a million different ways to 3D print models these days. Uh, do you re- recommend a particular way of printing? Um, I've seen some of the stuff you print um, just from test models and whatnot. Is that is that resin printing that you, pre- you would prefer that would probably give you the best quality? But if someone's downloaded a if some or uploaded some of your models from Gumroad, for example, what would you suggest for them if they wanted to print the best quality model? Um, and is that economically feasible? Do you need to buy a million dollar printer? Or is that something that has really come down in recent years? Yeah, well, well, in in recent years, I would say this is the past year has been there's been a huge upsurge surge in low cost SLA DLP uh, resin printers, mm. and that that SLA and DLP is the the acronym for the technology involved uh, uh, what was it digital lithography and and stereo lithography, whatever laser yeah. stuff. You know, 
Uh, but resin printing, you know, you, you are using a, a, a laser or a light to cure resin slowly in layers to have a 3D object at the end. Mm. Uh, there's uh, the Anycubic Photon and the Elegoo Mars, which I think run around 300 to $400, and that's your decent price. That's the low end for a, a resin printer, mm -hmm. but that is around the price range you want to pay for either, you know, a low-cost resin or a medium-cost uh, FDM printer. I will say for FDM printers, which are, are, the, are the, you know, by far the most popular type of printing, those are better for terrain and not for miniatures. You can print miniatures on them, but if you want the best detail and best bang for your buck, like if you are printing a miniature, you're going to want it to look uh, like Forge World made it, right? Right, absolutely. So you're definitely going to want to go through resin printing. There are a couple services online, and I think the most popular that I use uh, is Shapeways. Uh, right. they're, they, they have their own pricing system and their own uh, their, whole, their, their whole operation is, is its own complex machine. Mm -hmm. uh, and so you, know, you, can, you can order a model and have it, you know, Cost around fourteen dollars, and so being fully transparent, when I upload a model to Shapeways to sell, I can add a markup, and my markup is around a dollar to two dollars. So when you see a model on there for twenty bucks, uh, I, I hope people know that from that eighteen dollars, I'm only making uh, one dollar, while the rest goes to Shapeways and their yeah. manufacturing efforts and to pay their employees because you know they have people to pay. Uh, I I fortunately don't. Right, Skullforge is just all me. Right. Uh, so, uh, but you can print through Shapeways. There's, uh, and also, uh, I would I would behoove anyone to go onto the Skullforge Facebook page and ask if there are anyone that that, that has a 3D printer that they would be willing to share share their their uh, 3D printer. You know, hey, I, I bought a model from from Gumroad. Could you print this for me? That's totally fine. You know, yeah. Uh, it, 3D printing is a community, right? It's 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 as much as you know. There is there's money being passed and business happening. It is it is still very much a community of hobbyists who just want to, you know, see, see digital things come to life. You know, it's, it's a, Absolutely. it's a pretty magical technology. Amen to that. And, and while you're mentioning sharing files or sharing the printers to be able to get the model share that way, um, let's talk about a file that, shouldn't be shared. In fact, let's talk about a, a file that should absolutely be foremost, first and foremost, purchased, even if you're not going to print the darn thing. Um, of course, we in Australia have, uh, we've had a, a tough year um, <laughs> as far as uh, Mother Nature. is. It's not been great for us down here um, with the bushfires and um, just the, the community, the wargaming community has been uh, especially, uh, I don't even know how to say it, generous. Um, just across the world, people have been raising funds to, um, you know, to support um, the rebuilding effort and to help those either animals or people that were affected by the terrible bushfires and the bushfires that still go on today, um, thankfully yeah. to a lesser degree. Now, you you put together a file for that. So let's talk about that. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I put together a version of a certain space baby that is now a space koala. Yes. Uh, but all, all proceeds of that go to the Australian bushfire relief uh, from the, the World Wildlife uh, Fund. Nice. Yeah. And so it's, we've, we've made around uh, $500 in sales so far. I'm hoping to push that number up a little more. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, the model's been up for about a month and a half now, so I think I'm going to do a regular cadence of every two months writing a check from the, the uh, sales of that model. Nice. You know, making a post about it, you know, being, mm -hmm. being transparent. But uh, 
the the amount of uh, compliments and sharing that happened with that, you know, it, it got a ton of visibility, and, and and really that's 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 more than I could ask for. Just you know, people seeing it, and then everyone who's purchased one from the bottom of my heart, thank you. Uh, you know, you look at the the toll it's taken. You know, absolutely, the spires have taken the wildlife, and it's just insane. You, you you can't you can't imagine that. And then you see the photos, and you see the news reports, and it's just absolutely devastating. And so, you know. Well, Everyone should, and I just want to make I just want to make a way, an, an an easy low low cost way to give, right? Exactly, right. And I mean, I it's a little awkward being on the receiving end, so to speak, being you know an Australian. But um, I mean, being a guy in Chicago who's um, you know in his free time sculpting you know space fantasy models that he can share with people online to be able to turn that around a little bit and to think of us down here. Um, to create something that is super cute and super, you know, Australian centric and that people want um, and then donating all the proceeds for that. I mean, that's awesome, man. So um, thank you. Uh, I, I'm, yeah. I'm holding my space koala right now. And if you <laughs> and I do love that there are two versions. There's the one in the crib uh, or sorry, the, the stroller. And there's the one holding um, his cup of soup. Um, and you know, both are absolutely fantastic models and we're hoping to have an event coming out shortly. And I think those will be our trophy toppers. Um, that is awesome. I mean, they're going to be the smallest trophy toppers ever because of course (laughs) they're to scale, but you know, we'll have to figure that out somehow. But anyway, they are, I'm not saying that to say, look, I got your thing. It's more to say how awesome a model is. Now I have, um, Printed, as I said, I have a very short, old, wizened space wizard model um, standing in the middle of my uh, Galactic Marines on my shelf right now. Um, now, the the baby version of that race of model, I, I thought that painting the old one was a small model. Um, but to actually see a space baby in scale, um, very, very small. It is amazing, yeah, but they're the size of like a like a like a like a needlehead. Like yeah, and you see in the show them holding the child, and I thought to myself like how how far do I have to match the actual mm-hmm. size of this? It's just gonna be it's gonna be tiny. Yeah, it is unbelievably small. In fact, I'm looking for my actual space baby. I mean, of course, I'm holding the koala, which is the same size. But um, yeah, to. To just to put the two side by side, and I'll post a picture of that on the Facebook page if folks are wondering. Uh, but yeah, it's 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 awesome, and uh, yeah, it's it's a really cool model, and um, I think it's perfect to add to. It's it's one of the few models I could say because objectives um, in Legion tend to be on the same size base as the regular models. Now, right. um, if you take the height of the model and the size of the base, and you compare that to say Games Workshop, um, the bases on the models tend to be larger so you can do more with them scenically i should say compared mm-hmm. to the ffg smaller bases this is possibly the one model that you can actually create a scenic base on a standard legion base with <laughs> yeah. that model yeah. right you could you could you could put a little a couple little space frogs around it you know mm-hmm. yeah. shrimp <laughs> yeah exactly uh i'm not i'm still i've been i've been brainstorming with the other uh with Drew Baca, the other host, and we've been trying to figure out the best way to uh, to make that scenic base. But yes, it is definitely happening. But yeah, okay, cool. Well, Jordan, um, I have a ton of questions, but let's let's go 
a little more lean into things that we mutually enjoy and that listeners <laughs> of this show might like. Um, yeah. So if we were to talk about a... a a space opera movie line, um, i.e. I. Star Wars. Um, yeah. I almost, just for a joke, I almost said, what's your favorite Star Trek movie? But I, I figured <laughs> I'd probably get stabbed. Um, what, I guess, what are your faves? I mean, are you are you a Galactic Civil War kind of guy? Do you enjoy Clone Wars? Do you like the new ones? Do you like all of them? I know that, you know, certain internet, the internet hates newer movies, um, which is funny because I remember a time when they hated the older movies. Um, so, you know, all movies, they're not the Holy Trilogy, but you know, um, I mean, for me, uh, my, my top three, and this is my way of giving you time to think about the question. Um, my top three, of course, for is, I think we've talked about it on the show is I think today, cause it probably always changes is a new hope. Number one, empire two. And then I think rogue one is pipped out, um, Jedi for me, but I'm, I'm, you know, for me, Star Wars was always the original three, and it's the ones that I grew up with, given my age. Um, are do you have uh, certain favorites? Um, do you do you like the cartoons? Do you? I mean, the new space. I mean, The Mandalorian obviously is an awesome television show, uh, and I'm trying not to talk about it because we still have the spoiler ban up. But is what what grabs you about uh, a galaxy far, far away? Oh man, I, I think it's there's a lot of nostalgia in it, right? I'm in my 30s, and so right. Uh, I, I, I grew up watching, you know, with, you know, not necessarily watching uh, Star Wars in the theaters as they came out, but I had a father who was very much into Star Wars and shared his love for the series with me. Nice. And then they did the theater re-releases, then the prequels, mm-hmm. uh, and so yeah, I, I feel like we've got a similar, <laughs> a similar Star Wars backdrop, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely, I think, I think like most fans, uh, Empire, absolute favorites, and, mm-hmm. and I think that comes from. Uh, there's, there's two parts. One that you have a different director. You have someone else at the helm trying to, mm-hmm. trying to pull this giant this giant universe together. Um, but you also have you know a standardization of kind of the, the film techniques and the technology involved. They really pushed the limit with that, seeing what they could do with the New Hope. And then in right. Empire, they said, "All right, we know where to, we know where the starting line is. So now let's go further." And the movie is just just incredible. Yeah, from both a storytelling standpoint, from from a, a, a uh, you know, shot photography standpoint mm-hmm. from uh, modeling standpoint, effect standpoint is it's just awesome. Yeah. Um, and then and then I think things get really wishy washy for me. I definitely I, I'd have to go Empire, Rogue One, Rogue One just floored me. Yeah. Uh, and then right now I'm in this weird realm where I really liked Solo, but mm-hmm. it was like it was the best. Uh, version of like here you like star wars here's star wars and then and then you're gonna put it in the fridge and then you're gonna eat it at midnight as like leftovers like cold leftovers and it's gonna be delicious and like yeah like yeah so like that encapsulated uh i really i really I, I like the the sequel trilogy uh i think any trilogy has its issues if we look at them critically yeah uh but but i think uh that the kid in me had a lot of fun and the adult in me right. said okay yeah the these these are here these are mm-hmm. star wars have a kid that when you know she's two when she's a little bit older i can fully share star wars with her and, and i think she's going to really enjoy these movies um but i'm in this weird realm where you know force wiggins was just a, a nostalgia trip through and through mm-hmm. uh i liked the last jedi but i liked it for the same reasons why i like alien 3 
where it just said, yeah, 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 here's the logical conclusion to these, like, weird elements, uh, and then we can just move the story forward. I, I was just watching Alien 3 last night, and that is just a bizarre movie. Right. But it, it says things about Rip, Ripley's, you know, at that point trilogy that are perfect for this series as much as you don't want Hicks and Newt to die. Like, it right. makes perfect sense to have then it culminate with her uh, her becoming a queen. Yeah. Uh, I think Last Jedi does does a lot of that, uh, for better or for worse, in terms of the fan reactions, because I can understand some of the complaints, but I don't mm-hmm. necessarily agree with them. Yeah. And then uh, as far as the, uh, the Rise of Skywalker, that movie was just... A, a fun romp, a very fast-paced romp, but a romp nonetheless. Yeah, I, I definitely like it more than Return of the Jedi, uh, but I like it on the same level as Return of the Jedi, because I, I don't think you can end a. I, I think it, you know, it's an impossible task to end a saga, to end a trilogy, and so I hope they make more Star Wars movies with Ray, Finn, and Poe, uh, because the movie just left me, you know, I was satisfied, but I definitely wanted more. Yeah. Uh, but I think it's so. So my list of favorites. After me ending for a bit, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw you in a loop and say, Empire first, uh, Rogue One second. Then I'm gonna say I'm in between Force Awakens and Phantom Menace as my third. Phantom Menace Ooh. is this weird beast of a movie that is not acted well, has really horrible dialogue, yes. but it just looks like Star Wars in the most craziest way. Right. And and if 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 uh, the Clone Wars, Attack, if, if Attack of the Clones and Revenge or Revenge of the Revenge Seth, of the Sith yep. looked like Phantom Menace. Oh boy! All right, then I, then I think I might appreciate them more. Mm-hmm. Uh, but man, Phantom Menace is just that movie just oozes <laughs> with like practical effects. Yeah, like the camp feels old. There's a haze around everybody because they're still like doing dig- you know early digital masking. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, you know, I, I I'm I'm not a huge like the lightsaber battles are cool. Like that doesn't make a Star Wars movie, but the lightsaber choreography was cool. You know. Yes. And you know Darth Maul. I mean, yeah, that's. Yeah. I think that's my favorite part of that movie, hands down, is uh, is is the Maul, and uh, just to be able to. I mean, so I'm, I'm looking forward to him being out. Uh, I'm, he's got to be down the pipe, a very a very short pipe for FFG. Oh, he's got to be there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he has to be. <laughs> but I mean, I, I understand why recently they went with um, with releasing what they're coming out with next. Um, I understand why they went with Cad Cad Bane. I know a lot of people are super excited about Cad Bane. I know a lot of people were, you know, like, why Cad Bane? Why not someone who's actually there? But you already have two lightsaber users, um, you know, from FFG coming out in the form of, uh, what's his, Doku and Grievous. So I can understand why we didn't get Maul, but my God, I hope we get Maul soon. Oh, it has to happen. I'm I'm just excited to see which version of Maul they do. Right? Uh, he, he changes quite a bit over the course of, of the TV show. So mm-hmm. very exciting to see what they do. Yeah, exactly. See if we get Spider Ban, uh, you know, Spider Mall or, um, you know, Stompy Leg M1 or just, you know, straight out of the movie. Uh, God, it would be great if they could, you know, how they do alternate parts for models now. It would be cool if you got alternate lower half. But, uh, oh, not... that would be awesome. Yeah. You right? do a lower half that's like strong legs, or you do a lower half that's kind of like cloaked and there's some cloth involved or something. Mm hmm. That'd be cool. Yeah, right? that'd be very cool. Oh, man. So many things. So many things. Yeah. <laughs> I, I would ask if you could have any character from the Star Wars universe and put it on the tabletop, which is a question I often um, plan on asking to future guests. Um, I would say, what would you make or what would you have? But in your case, um, I think you've done that. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm assuming. I haven't asked still, you this before. There's still more I want to make. There's, there's, 
there's a there's a hell of a lot of characters that need, that still that still yeah. that still need to you know fill out the the skull forge roster yeah. um yeah i i i know you know gosh i'm just right now i'm thinking through all th- thinking through all the movies and it's like you know that one that one that one that one that one i think right now i really really uh want there was a particular character in the new uh the new Mandalorian show mm-hmm. that is in one episode and uh, has a bit of an attitude. Uh, mm-hmm. Flies a ship. Yep, I'm <laughs> pretty sure but, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I like you know the character had had you know a little bit of screen time, but definitely left an impression, and I definitely like that mm-hmm. uh, more than the Empire Strikes Back uh, variant. If, mm. if, if it makes any sense. It does. Yes. Affirmative. Um, yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, man. And, I mean, I guess that's, I mean, I guess uh, um, there's, I, I love what you do because, I mean, just you're saying that got me thinking because there are, the universe is so big. Um, there are just too many good characters, um, character tropes or just characters that, you know, could be explored. And the fact that you're, you know, you're making some alternate models um, for things that resemble space opera characters or, you know, there are some things in there that don't line up but are perfect that you can use just for general, um, for fleshing out armies um, that don't necessarily reflect anything from the Star Wars universe. But how should I say would fit there if you dropped it in, um, yeah. which I think is awesome. Yeah. There was the line I worked on with Imperial Terrain. They had their uh, coaching industrial district Kickstarter for a whole bunch of industrial mm-hmm. uh, uh, terrain, and so I, I did a, a small line of uh, figures for 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 Dave at Imperial Terrain. And you know, it's kind of like you know, they 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 should be galactically inspired, but not uh, not non canonical. And so yeah. we just made a, a bunch of fun little guys. You know, we got a, our our version of a bounty hunter. We got some worker droids, and we've got. Uh, you know, some like big boss man character, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, you can you can put that in any game that's glad to be inspired, and they're perfect for role playing, right? You can just full, exactly. you know, see your encounter where you're fighting five worker droids. There you go, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think it should. I think, I'm glad you said role playing because I do have several friends that play um, a variety of. A couple of them play the actual Star Wars role playing game. A couple of them play other D twenty based role playing game systems, but they put the they using different games to play Star Wars universe um, yeah, yeah. and using, I mean, just the, as you say, 150 models that you have present. Um, mm-hmm. If you're looking for a character, uh, I know a lot of them have been looking at your stuff and I've got, and got, Oh, but you know, do you recommend it? And I, then I point to my cabinet and say, yes, <laughs> yes, I do. Um, but I mean, it is perfect for role playing. It, I mean, literally, if you want to put, depends on what flavor of role playing. I know a lot of people don't like to have models on the table and have it just be completely immersive. But if you want to have a model for your character, um, you have such a variety in there that it works brilliantly, and you can get one-off models without having to buy an entire box. Um, you know, you know what I've been wanting is a supplement for uh, Fantasy Flight Star Wars game, Star Wars role playing game mm. that that says like, if you want to use minis, here are the extra rules, so right. you're not using. The, the the close medium far super long distance rules like like as much as I love how abstracted that game is and I love the narrative dice and I ran mm-hmm. a campaign for two years with with some people in my office and it was a wonderful time 
I, I always had the answer like, well, how, I just want to put some minis down. Like, we got to put some terrain down, you know? Right? Yeah. Oh. And those narrative dives are great where you can have, you know, you can have you can succeed on your die roll and then have something go, oh, um, you know, you, you've made the most brilliant shot ever and it's, you know, bounced off of two walls and hit the guy that you needed to hit and it saved the day. But in the same exactly. token, you had a critical fail and the gun exploded in your hand in the process. Um, yeah. And, I, I love the example yeah. in the book where they say, like, yes, you unlock the door. And there are 20 stormtroopers behind it. Like, <laughs> yes. oh, that's perfect. I, I'm imagining the Han Solo running away scene as exactly. we speak. Yeah. <laughs> right on. Um, but and there, I think there is uh, a, a small elephant um, that should be discussed as well. Um, I've heard a couple of people say, oh, um, you know, people who make thir- uh, 3D print models, you know, they're, they're taking things from FFG or they're, you know, they don't have the license or whatever else. Um, well, you're not actually creating licensed goods. You're not creating the actual thing. You're creating things that fit in the universe. And anyone who I've seen who's made these armies, um, I, I have to say that buying a couple of Skullforge models, and I may have more than a couple, the number of FFG models that I've purchased um, to go with those, because all of a sudden the universe has opened up for me, uh, and I know several people that have had the exact same experience, um, if anything, this is lining FFG's pockets way more than it is anyone who's a third-party manufacturer <laughs> who's sharing um, files to create things to make the universe a little richer. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, you know, we could look at my my sales data versus FFG sales data, and I think they're pretty good. Yeah, I think exactly. Great, right? I don't I don't think I'm 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 hurting their pockets at all. Uh, and, and if anything, like, like my goal is to see the things I want to see on the tabletop and in, and in, and in, and in the role playing, in the role playing room. Right. And so, exactly. you know, I don't have a bunch of stormtroopers. If you want stormtroopers, go, go buy Star yeah. Wars Legion and go get your stormtroopers. Right. Absolutely. Uh, if you want that one character that was in that one scene for a second that, wow, that, that's a unique guy. He's kind of remember, he's kind of memorable, but there's nothing about him. I might have a file you could download and print yourself. You know, yeah. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, you know, taking these things to cast. I'm not, I'm not, uh, you know, bagging these up and bringing them to Gen Con or anything. You mm-hmm. know, this is, this is for the hobbyists. This is, this is for the fan. Uh, and this is, this is not official. This is casual play, right? Exactly. Like, uh, I, you know, uh, I, I may have talked to some people in a more official manner and it's like, yeah, don't bring these things to tournament. They're not tournament legal. Of course, they're not tournament legal. And nope, don't expect yeah. them to be tournament legal. You know, this this is this is for you know what you do in your home with your friends, enjoying enjoying the galactic universe. Exactly. And you and I know there's a lot in the Games Workshop universe. There's a lot of people who um, rightfully get upset that you know there are companies that recast established models and sell them for a fraction of the price. Um, yes. And. You're not doing that. This is and and I've heard sometimes when people talk about and I'm not talking about you in particular, but people who create 3D files for a particular universe. Oh, well, that's just, you know, blah, blah, blah. Well, no, you're you're actually creating something from nothing and you're creating something. You are actually creating it. And it again, it's the it's the something that looks like something else that um, that allows us to explore the narrative side of gaming, as you say. Um, yeah, yeah. It looks like something else and named very abstractly. Exactly. Yes, I know. To a lot of people, uh, kind of uh, bothersome to have to like, like I'm just looking for this one character. It's like, yeah, you're never gonna, you, you'll never be able to search 
yeah. <laughs> for that one character, you're going to have to be very visual and look at them individually. But that's just, you know, that that that's that's part of it. You know, if I mm-hmm. if I call something, you know, uh, you know, uh, uh, air air runner, that's mm-hmm. a bit too close to home, right? No, yeah, you can't do that. No, yeah. So uh, you know, let's just let's just be cool about it. We all know what it is. Mm-hmm. We all know what it isn't. Yeah, uh, and we all know how to use it. So mm-hmm. yeah, get printed. <laughs> exactly right. Um, now, again, and if you're looking for things on Shapeways, and I did mention that your stuff is a lot of your stuff is on Shapeways, not all of it, but a lot of it. Um, and I've purchased quite a lot of the stuff from there. Um, Shapeways search engine in particular seems to hate my computer. So, again, if I'm looking for your stuff, I usually search for running trooper um, okay, and then yeah. um, look for a, a gentleman in an almost space Vietnam outfit um, running, holding his helmet while he's going. Um, and then at the bottom it says who makes it and there's Skullforge. Click that and it'll take you straight to the Skullforge page because for some reason when I type Skullforge into Shapeways, it doesn't actually appear. Um, however, I think if you type it in directly into Google, sometimes it works. I, I don't know. Um, yeah, directly into Google is a good way to go. I think why it doesn't work on Shapeways is because at the time I was thinking of cool names to call this 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 you know, growing side project. And it was like, well, what if it was called Sudden Skull Studios? And I was like, that's ah. a dumb name. Uh, but then I, I named the actual store page that, and you can't change it afterwards. Mm-hmm. And so there is no official store page called Skull Force Studios in their data. Got it. And that's why I can't <laughs> Just, find it. Got it. That makes a lot more sense. Yeah. yeah. But I totally intended to do that for my own safekeeping. <laughs> yeah. Well, there you go. <laughs> can't find it. Um, but yes, if you do search, but I think the best way to probably find your stuff is through, is to type Skullforge um, and then uh, Gumroad. And then um, yeah. you're able to find it. Yeah. Well, um, as we're, I think that was you dropping the mic. I think that uh, probably <laughs> brings our time to a close, sadly. Jordan, thank you so much for taking the time to come on today. I know it's nighttime for you and morning for us, and it's always it's always a bit of a rigmarole, and you are an unbelievably busy guy with all the stuff that you're doing with work uh, and your hobby and being a dad. Um, I cannot thank you enough for both the time that you put into uh, making the models that we can play with, uh, but more to the point for taking the time to come back and talk to us today. Thank you so much. Hey, well, thank you so much, Brad, for having me on. It's been a great experience and really great to talk with you one-on-one because yeah. uh, we've had had conversations before in the past, you know, yep. online. So it's great, great talking to you, and thank you so much for the conversation. Anytime, brother. Anytime. And... Uh, Man, I'd love to have you back sometime, uh, maybe when you hit uh, 300, 250. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. When there's Most when there's a, or, ro- a bald robot, a handsome bald wait, robot man. I was just about to say that, yeah, when there's when there's a certain bald robot who looks like Mr. Clean. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Can't wait. Yeah, Can't I, wait. I, I'd definitely love to be back on anytime. Anytime. Right on, brother. Well, hey, thank you again. And guys, uh, you at home, thank you again for listening. I know... Um, Beyond the First Marker is a new Star Wars Legion podcast, and I know we do things that don't really sound like every other Star Wars Legion podcast out there by talking about the new meta and what the new hotness is. For us, it really is more of a a narrative focus, um, which is one of the reasons why we were so excited to have Jordan on today, because his models really do open up the universe and allow you to, to, to theme forces in a really cool way. 
Um, we've had a few people recently find the Facebook page. We do have a Facebook page, of course, if you search Beyond the First Marker. Um, please search for us there. Um, please like the page. We, at the moment, we're posting a lot of memes and occasional work progress, but we will have more community photos up there. We will have more um, work in progress photos for the hobby that we've done. And if you search, there are quite a few photos of Skullforge models in there that I have painted and that Drew has painted. Uh, in fact, I believe he's working on a, a whole new Stormtrooper for slash Clone Force. Um, using uh, a certain head set um, that, of course, came from Skullforge. So there you go. Um, so yeah, please search up. And um, if you're looking for this podcast, uh, clearly if you're listening to this, you found it. Um, but we have had a few people ask, why isn't it showing up in their iTunes feeds? Um, if you search Cast Dice, um, I, I should probably rename the podcast um, because exactly what Jordan was talking about with uh, Shapeways, I can't rename how it appears in iTunes. Um, so if you search Cast Dice, C-A-S-T-D-I-C-E, um, and then you will find uh, Beyond the First Marker in the Cast Dice feed. And it should, the name of the show really should be Cast Dice Presents, so people know to put Cast Dice in first. Uh, and then this show magically appears in iTunes. So, um, or whatever cod, uh, sorry, podcatcher you prefer. Uh, as always, thank you very much for listening. If you'd like us to talk about any battle or force in particular, uh, we are keen to talk about Star Wars. So please let us know via Facebook. Thank you very much for listening and good night. Thank you for listening. For more information about the topics discussed in today's episode, please find our Facebook page by searching for Beyond the First Marker. Please message us there if you have any comments, questions, or suggestions that will help us improve the quality of this show. Until next time, may the Force be with you.